Okay, please turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings and chapter 2. If you haven't got a Bible, get out your mobile and open your app. If you haven't got that, then it will be on the PowerPoint. So uh, thank you for inviting me back to Beacon this morning. It's great to be amongst my family. Many of you know me very well. For that, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, I was here for uh, a total of eight years. Uh, at seven years on staff, six years as an elder and pastor. So, um, yeah, some of you know me too well. That's fine. Uh, look, my time in Beacon was the best time I ever had in ministry, to be honest. I mean, it just was. <laughs> Because when Andrew will tell you this, you know, when you're not the lead elder, it's a lot more fun. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it just is. You know, I'm in my 11th year at Sunbury now. You know, I love them, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot harder than being part of a team, a bigger team, and, and uh, not being the lead guy. So, um, yeah, so I love coming back because it's like the place I had fun. <laughs> so, and I just, you know, thank you before Andrew goes. So this morning, we're going to talk about succession. And we're going to learn 10 things I learned from Andrew Nicholas Ryland. Um, I hope that's any good. Please, would you read with me? Next slide, please. 2 Kings 2, 1 to 18. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets of Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. Oh, no, go back to the screen that is on, please. Because I can't read from it if you put it on. Thank you. No, not thank you. <laughs> then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elijah and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Next slide, please. Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two. Next slide, please. Of them. And Elijah went up to heaven with a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. Then he struck the water. It divided to the right and to the left and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. Then they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Look, they said, we, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the Spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on some mountain or in some valley. 
No, Elisha replied, do not send them. But they persisted until he was too embarrassed to refuse. So he said, send them. And they sent 50 men who searched for three days but did not find him. When they returned to Elisha, who was staying in Jericho, he said to them, didn't I tell you not to go? Would you pray after me, Father God, God. speak to my heart heart. and change my life life. for Jesus' glory's sake. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. It's Andrew Ryder with a little bit of Philip's twist. <laughs> there you go. One of the things I learned of Andrew Ryder. How to start a prayer. Anyway, verse 1. Where are we? So here is Elijah the prophet from Tishbite, from Tishbe and Gilead. Elisha, son of Shaphat, his successor. And we are at the point of the start of two kings where Elijah is reaching the end of his ministry and his life on earth. He did not die. The Lord had told him he would go up to heaven. Verse 1, next slide please. We learn that Elijah knew it was time to leave. Friends, Andrew is leaving. Change is going to happen. Next slide. Oh, you're there. No, it's fine. Leave it. Heraclitus of Ephesus said this, the only constant in life is change. Actually, God is also constant immutability of God, but let's not go into that. The only constant is change. Change is always happening. We cannot control life. Those of you that control freaks, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Okay? You, know, you cannot control life. Change is happening. Andrew is leaving. Change happens. It's time to go. This is something you need to honour. You need to accept. You need to rejoice. Hey, God has been with Beacon Church, Running Me Community Church, Church, whatever you want to call it, Thought Christian, so many years, hasn't it? Isn't God good? He's been good over so many years. He has awesome plans for your future. We've got to believe that. Elijah knew his successor was Elisha, and he knew his part in God's story with the people of Israel was over. It was time for Elijah to be with God. Now, Andrew is not disappearing into a dark and distant place like Elijah. And you're going to lead, aren't you? Andrew is disappearing to a dark and distant place like Elijah. But he's not disappearing from the earth like Elijah, at least not yet. But his responsibility ceases for this church at the moment in which he leaves. Do you get that? Unlike Elijah, Andrew can be reached. Okay? Please uh, don't get me wrong, but like Elijah, the work that is here, isn't Andrew's problem from the moment at which he ceases to be in the wrong. He has been a constant faithful minister of the gospel here for many years. His heart will still be here. The majority of his ministry has been here. His friendships are here, and they will go on for a lifetime. He's invested himself here, but the moment he ceases to be an elder here, he moves on, and the responsibility ceases. That's for Nathan... And the other, where is Naif? Good. I'm just going to get at you a few times, that's fine. That's for Nathan and the other elders to carry. <laughs> they didn't say back in Elijah's time, you know, some of the prophets, they didn't give Elijah a call, you know. If only we could call Elijah, you know, that Elisha, you don't know what he's like. He's got a problem with his hairline. He keeps worrying he's going bald. 
every time he sees a young person, they get mauled by bears. <laughs> he's a really tough guy to get on with. I mean, he's no good at eating honey and locusts. We're really good at it after many years' practice. You know, he's so obsessed with axes and things. You know, <laughs> Elijah's time was over. Elisha came, and he's going to be different. Andrew's one type of person. Nate's another type of person. They're different. They're going to have differences. Friends, Andrew's going away. Andrew, Andrew, if you keep contacting him, we'll give you short change. I assure you, because he's a good brother who will tell you to go back and talk to your elders. I was rubbish at this. I was really bad. <laughs> when I was in Plymouth, I was so bad, so bad that Mr. Ryland called me up and told me to go away. Because when your heart's wither people, it's really hard to let go. So if you want to serve our friend, you've got to let him go. Do you hear me? If you keep contacting him, you're not serving him or yourself. And uh, I was awful at it. Don't be like me. Be like Andrew. I should put that on my T-shirt. No, don't be like Andy Phillips. Be like <laughs> <laughs> if you're not like me, you're great. Um, you'll be good at that. You'll be good at that. Support Nathan. Support Nathan. Help him, friends. Help him and the elders left here to take up the challenge for this church for the next generation. So important you get behind them in that. Submit to them as people put there by God to tell the good news uh, that Jesus transforms lives, that they can be know his love and grace, won by Jesus on the cross. You've got to get behind them in that. So important. Have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority. Mm. Hebrews 13, 7. Now more than ever, as Elijah is leaving, you need to be honouring, submissive and obedient. Next slide, please. Elijah and Elisha, they're different, okay? Um, Andrew and I, we were like the odd couple. <laughs> Some of you don't remember this programme, but I'm old, so I do. You know, they're the oddball couple. There's a, it was a cartoon when I was young, but you won't remember this. But we were like the odd couple. We worked so well together. We had a lot of fun. Doing church should be fun. It was fun. Holiday clubs and black cherry fairs and prayer and fasting. And, you know, mostly just being together. It was just great doing ministry together with another elder and pastor. It was just great. I, I miss him and I missed him. Um, but we were different. Okay, one is detailed, measured calm, the other's loud, demanding, <laughs> uh, you know, we're just different, they do, we were different, and the future will be different, Nathan and Andrew are different, and the team Nathan builds must be different, and the future will be different, but it will also be glorious, that is a promise of Jesus to you, because Jesus said, I will build my church, I will build this church, and the gates of hell will not uh, oh, prevail against it. That's an absolute promise for you to build your life on. Elijah and Elisha, the name is too similar. We keep getting it confused. I don't know why the Lord allowed that. Maybe to make us read properly. But they were very different and very similar. Let's look at some of those things. They were both prophets. They lived in the same country. At the same time, they both worked miracles. They both gave messages to kings. Um, they both spent a whole lifetime getting them to reject idolatry of Israel and to seek to follow God. And yet, to the careful reader, they were absolutely different. Like, as different as John was to Peter or Mary was to Martha. Elisha was a prophet of peace. Elijah was a prophet of fire. Elijah appeared from nowhere. 
Elisha was the son of some middle class owner of fields, you know, a completely different man. Already used to, to uh, leading men because of his position in life. Elijah only actually uh, was in ministry for 12 years. It's, they calculate Elisha was in ministry for five times that long. Um, uh, every time Elijah saw kings, he was selling them off or they were saying they were going to kill him. Every time Elisha saw kings, they were seeking his counsel or they were consulting him on war or he was attending their deathbed. They were different people. Um, Elijah's solitary character. If you read Elisha's life, he's always got a team around him, it seems, the team of prophets. I don't know if you've noticed that. Elisha, 2 Kings 2, 9b, asked for a double portion of the Holy Spirit to be upon him. The ministry of Elisha seems to have twice as many miracles. So God, God actually gave him what he asked for. Elisha doesn't seem to make mistakes. Elijah gets depressed. You know what I mean? He's running away from kings. He's just like, you know, Elijah. They're different. They are really different. I don't know if you've clocked that if you read the passages. They are so different. Nathan's in a different season. He's a different guy. Andrew's a different man. There's differences. God gives you the precise person that's right for his calling on his church at that right moment in his way of building his church forward. He doesn't make mistakes. Sometimes when we lose people, we feel really hurt by it because we love them. That's good. That means we're still emotionally loving people. But, but we still trust God. We have to trust God. Church, embrace the change. A church different is not wrong. It's just different. God will work out its purposes in this generation in a way that works for him and for them. Because the church needs to change in order to engage with this generation in a different way. Maybe as you sit here in your pew and things begin to change, you might feel, well, that doesn't feel very right for me. I mean, I don't feel very happy about this. Well, that's because he's not trying to reach you. He's trying to reach them. <laughs> and it needs to change to reach this generation. When I was 23, I went to Bible college. And we lived with a couple called Ed and Michelle Carter. And they were free Methodists, which means they were Arminian. Okay? I say that to Cornelis because I didn't, he didn't even wince. He, the Lord has worked on you, brother. Okay? So uh, I was talking with my friend Ed, his dad, Robert Carter. He, is this, uh, he was a big on their boards of lots of things, very godly man. And we were in his study one day, and he was just talking to me about what God was doing in his life. And he turned around and said... I said that I was Calvinist, obviously, because that's what the Bible says. <laughs> and he, he said these words. He said, you see, the trouble with God, the trouble with Calvinists, is they think they can put God in box and they know what he's like. And they don't. Because he does, he does what he likes. The last 24 years is, me, is, is God breaking my understanding of what I thought he was like. And proving Robert Carter is a much wiser man than me. Because he does what he likes. Have you noticed this? He does. And, and he often does things, I think, but we're not meant to do it like that. And it still works. Robert's son, Ed, who we live with, he planted... Uh, I've been at Sunbury for... This is my 11th year. Pray for them, friends. Now, 
in those 11 years, my friend Eddie planted uh, a church in Preston Valley Church. It's now 350 members. He's also planted a church in Blackpool, Lancaster, and Newcastle. And I've taken Sunbury from 85 members on a Sunday morning to 85 members in a Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> you see, and at the Lancaster Church, my daughter came back to faith. And an Armenian church where they still hit, they sing Hillsong songs as, a, as a loud music so the young people like it. The guitarist isn't plugged in. No one can give a prophetic word. And I'm sitting there seething when I go over there. <laughs> but God's using them. Because he does what he likes. Do you hear what I'm saying? I might not like it. I don't like it. <laughs> what I do like is they invite my daughter now onto their theology the theology forum, and she's setting their theology out. My Marxist daughter three years ago, by the way, who went to Lancaster to rid herself of her Christian background, who got saved, comes back, and she's now teaching Arminians Calvinism. Hallelujah. God is still good. <laughs> it's going to be different. That wasn't how I would have planned life, but it's different. God breaks out. The, diff- the future is going to be different. Be ready for change. Elijah and Elisha were different. The future will be different from the past. But lastly, next slide please. Elisha learnt, Elijah learnt from Elisha. So we've already seen that Elisha did get a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Verse 13, Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and he went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Notice this about Elijah. Elisha. He had been watching Elijah. He'd been watching him, studying him. And so now uh, it's my turn uh, to apply this, okay? This is what I have observed from Andrew Nicholas Ryland. Is this ten things... Ten things that uh, I have learned from Andrew Nicholas Ryland. You see, that you, have to, you have to watch good practice, okay? And you also have to know when it's your time to get out of the way for the new ge- next generation. That's just reality. There was an, a guy here, who can remember Ted Mazzell? Some of you remember Ted Mazzell? Give us a, what a lovely man. You were going to see him soon, friends, because it's not going to last much longer. Don't even notice this. Soon Jesus comes back again. We have a new, new judge, new heaven, judge the living and the dead, new heaven, new earth, new earth. You go see Ted again. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. I'm glad you believe that, because if not, I'd better come back next Sunday now. For all. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. And so. <laughs> You're going to see Ted again. Anyway, good old Ted. Do you know if you knew Ted was a wonderful guy, a good elder at church here? He was a faithful guy. He left being an elder so that I could take his place. I mean, the poor church would have suffered for it because he was such a godly man, and I wasn't. <laughs> but he knew it was time to get out of the way. And at times, God calls us to get out of the way. Sometimes it's time to move on. I had my time here. I loved it, and I learned. I observed. You know, when I went to Plymouth... From here, and I, I didn't leave in the greatest of context. When I went to Plymouth, I set up things like a monthly rota. You think that's normal? It's not. Um, <laughs> a pastoral team. Way. I set up planned preaching. Again, you think that's normal? Believe me, churches are often disorganised. Um, 
In so many ways, I would bring Andrew's approach to things. Um, generally, in pastoral situations at Plymouth, you were judged wrong or right before you heard what they said. <laughs> so I went with Andrew's grace in it, and it, it changed the church. And people thought I was a genius, and I wasn't. I was just repeating everything Andrew had taught me, you see. You see, the thing is, imitate and study and imitate good practice. The Apostle Paul urges us, Philippians 3.17, to copy good examples. He even tells that awful church in Corinth, imitate me as I imitate Christ, 1 Corinthians 11.1. And so I thought I'd finish, next slide please, with 10 things I have learned from Andrew Nicholas Ryland. You were, I have grown up. I, a few years ago, I would have put your baby picture up there, but I didn't, because <laughs> Jesus is even working in me. You'd forgive me anyway. <laughs> 10 things I learned from Andrew Nicholas Ryland and brought them into my ministry. I've got the tissues, Eki, don't worry, because I'm bound to hit one. <laughs> These are just mine. You'll have your own. There are many. He's, he's a great guy. Be a people watcher. People of good influence and imitate it. Apostle Paul said, Philippians 4 verse 9, whatever you've learned or received from me or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. This is what I've seen. First one is this. Oh, no, go back one at a time, please. Thank you. Worship of the Lord is of first importance. Andrew worships the Lord... Yeah, don't we all? But he worships the Lord in a way in which I think is different from most. You see, I've clocked this about Andrew. He gives his best to God first. You see this in the way he studies the Bible. You'll see this in the way in which he prays. Mostly, I think, you see this in the way in which he worships, actually. Um, (laughs) If you can imagine a Sunday morning in Chertsey Hall, I would be sat there whilst Andrew is engaged in worship... I'd be counting the heads of people who are there. I'd be clocking who is sat next to who and why are they sat next to who. This is what pastoral people do. They're manipulative. And they're trying to work out why things are happening. Right? And I'd be, uh, I'd be bothered about this isn't right and that isn't right. And, I'd get my... and Andrew would be worshipping. I remember one prayer meeting where... I was a bit annoyed that someone hadn't done a job. And if you know me, I still have a bit of an anger issue. So I was a bit annoyed that someone hadn't done a job. So I went to Andrew and said, I've done a job. And unlike Andrew, very rarely has he done this, he turned around and really told me off. Because I am worshipping God. Don't butt in. This is important. Friends, worship first. Okay? That's the most important. Jesus is the most important for anything else. Second thing is this, honouring. Use things, love people. That's what I learnt from Andrew. For me, working with Andrew was revolutionary. You see, if you know me, the sort of character that I am, um, I'm I'm known, and it's been prophesied, that I'm a lion that roars! Like, whoever prophesies that is pretty obvious, isn't it? That'd be funny. (laughs) I've even done in your PA. You know, I'm, you know you're, you're, a, you're a street caller. No, I'm just really loud. Anyway, uh, but I'm also incredibly earnest. I just am. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm actually quite a softy, really. Yeah. And that's easily manipulated. And it's easily used. Andrew never did this. Never did this. 
He always treated me as a peer, which is remarkable, really. Because when I started here, I was 28 years old, very gobby. I thought I knew everything. Um, some of you were there, you're going, yeah, it's true, it was awful, you know? Uh, Andrew didn't use me. I'd been used before by other leaders, but I wasn't used by Andrew. He loved me. Friends, you've got to clock that. Leaders, you need to clock that. Elders, you need to clock that. Honour Andrew in this. You know, he honoured me. He honoured my gifting. He exalted me to positions I could only have dreamt about. You know, shaping a preaching of a church. I would have dreamt about that once. You know, running Word Plus with Andrew. What a delight. Becoming an elder my life. I know I caused him pain at times. I'm sure I caused many of you pain at times. But he still released me. He still kept risking me. Do you hear me? Elders, leaders of any group, managers at work, learn these things. You know, use things, love people, and honour them. So important. So important. Thank you, Andrew. You are very kind. Next one. (laughs) Eki, you can leave the box, love. Ah, God is worth knowing and understanding. That's a third thing. Those who know Andrew, he loves the Bible. He loves theology. He's a massively clever man. Um, I'm always regurgitating what he says and sounding really clever. (laughs) One of Andrew's famous quotes, the next slide please, is this. I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. The names of what and why and when and how and where and who. Um, Why do I quote this? Because Andrew taught you, even if you don't know it, to question the Bible. That's so important because you can't think for yourselves if you don't question the Bible and you can't find out the whole gamut of what God wants to reveal about himself unless you question the Bible. Search out things. Andrew taught us to do this. The day before I was writing this, I was reading John 18. Verse 15 says about the courtyard that the disciple with Peter the other disciple was known to the high priest. And I looked in my study Bible, and it said that it was the Apostle John. And I went, how can that be the Apostle John? He was a fisherman from Galilee. You get it? So it must be someone else. So why did the ESV put that? And I'm thinking like this, why? He taught me to ask questions. Just ask questions of the Bible. Study after God. It's important. God is worth knowing and understanding. He's, he's not just a really clever guy, Andrew, but he teaches you to read and study the Bible. Please remember that. I also chose this passage because how did Elijah go up to heaven? What did he go up in? Who said chariots of fire? Put your hand up. Yeah, it's not. It's a whirlwind. Read the Bible. <laughs> Next one. Celebrate even the smallest of victories. I would love a pound for every time. I need to go a bit quicker, sorry. Every time I've quoted this about Andrew Ryland, celebrate every victory. Um, one of Andrew's main points... No matter how small, enjoy it and rejoice in it. The devil is always going to want to depress you. So rejoice in the Lord always, Philippians 4.4, 4, and make it a point. Every time God brings a victory, no matter how small, rejoice in God over it. Next point. To get a friend, be a friend. Um, I don't know if you get this. I get this sometimes. People say in my church, oh, this church is so unfriendly. You are the church, you Wally. (laughs) Then be friendly. How do you get a friend? You be a friend. Be a friend. Andrew taught me that. You know, um, I still don't understand why the Lord is 
taking this wonderful gift and ministry up north, but there must be a reason for it. But up there, Andrew, you are going to have to make friends and be intentional in it. One thing I did notice when I left being in this role is the role gives you friends, but actually when you're out of the role, you need to be more intentional in making them. So I'm just saying that, my friend, to you. Next one. He works really hard, doesn't he? Nathan, you've got your... Uh, he works really hard. Um, Andrew Ryland believes in grace, but works hard at it. Um, I often worried how much he worked, to be honest, but then he probably thought the same of me, so there you go. Um, Jesus' kingdom is important enough to give your life for. Um, whether you do that in your workplace, or your university, school, or working within the church, remember to work hard. Next one, please. If you know, this is so important. If you know you are loved, you can be challenged by someone about anything. This is a massive lesson I learned of Andrew. I live in this every day. If you express your love for a person, your friendship for a person, if you affirm them and encourage them, if you honour them and give them dignity, um, if you, you can then challenge them and admonish them about basically anything because you've put into their lives, you've deposited into their lives. Next slide, please. The educationist Berenice Goodwin says this, rules without relationship breed rebellion. People don't care what you know till they know that you care. If you've ever wanted to lead, whether that's being an elder or a connect group leader or manage well at work or be a good parent, you need to understand this, that your instruction will only be taken if they know they're loved. You need to affirm people and deposit in their lives. But if you do, you can accomplish remarkable things and challenge horrific things in people's lives. Andrew taught me that so well, and he did it to me on, on often on occasions. You can question anything because you know what? I knew he loved me. Do you hear what I'm saying? I, I could tell you why. It's a bit scary, some of you men out there. He would tell me. I think he was probably the first man that ever said to me, I love you. I, I, I mean, I do. I, I'm so for you. Not and to, to, to manipulate me. Do you hear me? But just, I love you, mate, I love you, you're great. And, what do you want me to do for you? Because that's what we normally do, don't we? And just not like that. Weird. I'm not as good at the second bit. I'm quite good at affirming people, but I'm, I'm not as bold as Andrew yet. Yet. Jesus hasn't finished with me either. Next one. Preserve despite setbacks. Huh? Persevere. Oh, I know, but my eyes are all misted up. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I can say this because I was probably one of the setbacks. Sorry. Andrew's time here hasn't been easy. It's not been easy. You know that. It's not been plain sailing. It's been far from it. Pastoral ministry is never plain sailing. <laughs> never. With any pastor, any leader, any elder ever. Any, or, you know, it's not. Jesus said... In this world, you have many troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Yes. You did have trouble, Andrew. At times, I thought New Frontiers didn't treat you very well. You invested in people, they let you down, but you persevered. Yes. Thank you, my friend, for persevering and loving 
even when it was really hard and you'd like to go and knock a block off. And he didn't, because he loves you and he's a gentle, good man. Yes. Malcolm Kay's next slide, please. Uh, used to lead the coin church in Woking. He talks about leadership like a fat bloke up a rope at school. Some of you wouldn't understand this because it's too health and safety, your generation. But when I was young, you used to climb a rope at school, didn't you? And you'd have a knot in it. Now, I never climbed a rope. Of course, I just stood at the bottom holding it because I couldn't get up. But if you did have a fat bloke up a rope, which in itself would be a miracle, you'd be happy that there's a knot so the fat bloke doesn't fall down on you. Yes? Yes. Yes. Being a leader is responsibility. Be thankful that in times of pressure, Andrew didn't drop down like a fat bloke on a rope. <laughs> he persevered. He didn't slip off. That's good. You need to honour him for that. Okay? You do. He could have quite easily walked away. He didn't because he's a good man. Next slide, please. Be loyal. I can say this. I've been 11, 11th year at Sunbury. I would not be at Sunbury if Andrew wasn't loyal to me. I can tell you that because, you know, lots of people uh, love saying, oh, he's Andy Phillips, good guy, oh, he's a brilliant guy. But the only person that fought for me to come back to ministry was Andrew. Now, there was no reason for him to do that because the person I hurt the most in not being in ministry was Andrew. But he was loyal. Loyalty is so important. You know, it is. It's so important. Be loyal. Most of you don't get how much loyalty is underrated. It really is. We're, just, we're not a loyal generation anymore. We're not loyal to our churches. We're not loyal to families. We're not loyal to brand products or football teams or anything. We're just not loyal anymore. Be loyal. Andrew was loyal to me. Be loyal. Are oh, you there, Nafe? I've been pointing to a bloke over by the... Steve Keesing's... Steve Keesing feels really convicted now. <laughs> Lastly, this is what I learned. Be a servant leader. In your leadership style, be the same as Christ Jesus, Philippians 2, 5-7. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. If Jesus was a servant, then so must we be. If Jesus was a servant leader, then so must we be. Whether that's at home or in the church or at work. No lording it over people, no party politics, no talking behind one another's back, no backbiting. That's not right for the people of God. Serve well, be good leaders, lead well. The next slide, please. The writer on leadership, Robert Greenleaf, said this. Good leaders must first become good servants. Andrew, it's now time to serve. It's going to be a new context for you. And it's very hard, actually, leaving this role. Um, it's going to be harder than you think. I'm sorry to say that. But something else I know, uh, apart from the fact that I've put in my notes, as an aside, tell Andrew, many commissioned churches are searching for good pastors <laughs> if he doesn't want to go up north. I'm sure I shouldn't have said that, so I won't. I know this. I know you won't argue with the Holy Spirit either, so that's fine. Um, I know this, that you have been an excellent example, my friend. Yes. And I know that you will serve well wherever you are. 
and I know something else, you'll be leading pretty soon because that's what the Lord does, that's how he's made you, and that's fine. Friends, I just want to finish. Um, thank you for all those who don't know me. Can I just thank you for indulging me more than slightly? Okay, thank you who don't know me. But I just want to say this. Like, can we finish? I don't know, there might be some things on that list. Can we go back? Next one, actually. Brilliant. There might be some things there you think, actually, I need to change. <laughs> I realise there are things that Andrew's been a great example of that you've not been, and you need to talk to God about it. If that's you, can I ask you to stick your hand up and we'll get people to pray for you? And if not, can we just pray for Andrew? And then we're going to finish with a song.